What's up, everyone? Welcome uh, to another rendition of Without Apology. Gosh. My name is Isaac. With me, as always, is Benko. Mm, yes, I actually was featured on a Without Apology. It's Ben Kogan for short. A um, long time ago. Back in February, uh, limited edition release. No. Oh, yeah. It was a limited <laughs> yeah. edition release of yeah. a uh, hot mic situation. There, so there's nine people out there. This is a lot. Hey, Zach Beaver. Beaver is calling me. The Zach Beaver, Midwest emo. Hey, what's up, man? Do you have that to who? Yeah, we we emailed it to you. Oh, did you? Yeah. So, uh, to your to your Grace email. To your Grace email, the one you sent me. It was like Zach. That is not the email you sent me. Did he he just walked right by the. Here, Zach. This is the email you sent me. Um. Z- for world at record. GraceOhio.org. Okay, I, you should have been like, that's not Correctly send me your email. I was in a hurry, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I was just confused because I was like, that's I would okay. have assumed. Okay, get out of here, Ben. Thanks for having me. Are you coming back? Probably. Sure. Sure. All right, Ben's going to resend it to you. Okay, thank you. All right, bye, buddy. Yeah, so uh, what happened is me and Gamoff were going to record today, and then Gamoff had um, some stuff come up, and so here I am. Here I am, some on my own. And um, also Benko was here, and so now me and Benko are filming a podcast episode, which is which is exciting. And uh, yeah, and so we're also just playing our game for Collective. It's a Kahoot. Um, which is super fun. And so we meant to send Zach Beaver our Kahoot, but he sent me the wrong email to send to him. So I sent him the wrong email. Um, and then I he called me about the email. And and I picked up, I don't know why. Okay. Cool. Nope. I got to send the email. Z, now Benko's back. I'm always back, baby. Z- that's, a, that's Zach's email if you ever want to send him <laughs> some love. Just um, to confirm, that's Z. Uh, v. Ohio.org. And uh, that's a G as in golf, R as in Romeo, A as in Alpha, C as in Charlie, E as in Echo, O as in Ontario. No, what's O? No, not Ontario. Anyways, O as in Orange, no. H as in Hector, I as in Indigo. O as in O is Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, that's an easy one. Dot org. Correct? Was that the right email? What Grace? G is in golf. R as in Romeo. Romeo. A as in Alpha. C as in Charlie. E as in Echo. O as in Oscar. Uh where's H? <laughs> H as in Hotel. Hotel, not Hector. Why did I say no, Hector? I don't know. 
hotel and then i as in india ho too and then o as in all right i uh, sent it to him f is foxtrot that's fun here's the military language for you guys um a alpha b bravo c charlie d delta e echo f foxtrot g golf oh i was just about to call him in the hotel i i just sent it to you j is juliet what's up zach's back on the phone guys okay i sent it to you did you get it put that thing on you gotta put that thing on speaker Okay, well, I sent it like. Oh, Anakin, I just sent it to you. That's my Golba impression. It's pretty good. Golba. Uh, Annie. Annie. Okay. Annie, go work on the ship's engine. Zach, okay. <laughs> What's your email again? Ver-er-er. Empty. Take out the E, empty. Oh, yeah. Take out the 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 P, empty. Get out of the Y, empty. Get rid of the M and T, empty. Did you, you, guys Did you get it? You checking with that? No. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna kiss you. It's gonna be an awkward dynamic. If. <sighs> We're trying to share this Kahoot with Zach. So, how does the email work for you? Huh? Did you do graceohio.org? Yeah, .org. Send. Hey, hey, send it as sent, Zach. Here, I'll just come to you. I'll just come to you. I'll just come to you. Okay. All right, I'm just going to go send this over here. All right. Ben's leaving once more to send this to Zach. Once gone, never forgotten, always back, think. That's pretty good. That's pretty wise. Yeah, so uh, that's what's going on right now. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening and tuning in once more. You guys have been um, pretty sweet fans. Over our quick hiatus, we've got tons of texts and calls and DMs and just people asking us all the time like when we're going to make new episodes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we we always wanted to make it. Um, like we said, we just, if you didn't hear last week's message, you should definitely check that out. Um, one thing that's happening that's coming up that you guys should all be excited for is Collective is going on a retreat to a place called Beulah Beach. Um, there's a cool video about that that you can see um, at uh, GCM Collective um, on Instagram. Or is it Collective Young Adult? Hang on, guys. We're going to look it up. Collective. Collective. Yeah, GCM underscore collective. Um, there's going to be a video up there promoing it. But October 21st through the 23rd, we're going to Beulah Beach for a retreat. Um, Beulah Beach is awesome facilities. Um, it's an awesome place. It's literally, literally on Lake Erie. Um, they got a gym. Um, we're going to do basketball and volleyball and lots of worship. And uh, there's tons of hikes and trails and fun stuff like that. So you should definitely... Um, Check that stuff out. So over the course of our existence, we have got lots of questions um, about Jesus and the Bible and Christianity and stuff like that. So I thought we'd take this time and we just very briefly go into some of these things and very briefly talk about um, some of this stuff. Because some of this stuff has like easy 
uh, practical answers um, and isn't so philosophical and heavy and stuff like that. So well, let me pull that up. All right. Oh, there it goes. Okay, so one thing that we hear a lot and that happens a lot is this idea that science and God are at um, opposing ends. They're opposing each other. And for some reason, science and God can't coexist, and one has to disprove the other one and that they're not actually um, compatible. And we've actually talked about this many times in various different episodes, but we believe that um, because and you see this kind of language and this, um, just this, uh, you see, you just see this all over the Bible, um, and just looking at God's character and just his behavior and the language that the Bible puts out is that God was not just random. Um, and it isn't just like random choice and all these kind of things. When you look at the world and around us, there are orders and paths and, um, repeatable rotations and movements and everything is in order, right? And so for this kind of stuff to just have like sprung up out of nowhere um, after a big bang or something like that and all this kind of thing just to just create all this thing that works in such absolute perfect harmony um, is not really realistic. And um, we can go into all that kind of stuff. We could have a whole episode on why the big bang is not what you think it is. There's actually a good um, there's a good amount of believers and a good amount of Christians in the science community that believe the Big Bang was how everything got started, but they believe that it these molecules just didn't randomly form together and just hit Earth or explode or collide or something like this, but it was God that put all this in motion and caused the Big Bang. Um, but that's a whole different thing. Um, but one thing in particular that is super helpful for trying to understand this idea is that when you look at every other religion um, and how they say that the world came to existence is nothing like how Christianity says that the world came into existence. So most other religions will say that humanity or the earth or the globe was born out of conflict and uh, that there was this God and this other God um, and they lived in their godly realm and they got into a fight one day and they were fighting and they were um, just going at each other and one God won and beat the other God and then used the dead God as fertile um, to start the earth, right? Or that the earth was nothing and that one God um, wanted um, a place to put his masterpieces, um, his artwork. And so he formed the earth out of clay and put it in the motion. Like all these kind of, all these scenarios and situations, um, they always boil down to one thing and that, that there was conflict and that there was some kind of conflict and that's why the earth started or the earth began. Um, and, where you look at Christianity, it's the opposite. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are in perfect harmony with one another. Um, there is this idea that is not really talked about, but it's the idea that the Trinity, those three persons, didn't need us, didn't need earth, didn't need anything like that. But out of love and out of sheer mercy and out of grace to non-existent people that we are, um, God created the heavens and the earth and he created them without violence um, and the earth and everything in it was peaceful and it was perfectly made and there was no problems or anything like that. And it was later on that those things were introduced by our own doing creation uh, when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit and not just 
eating fruit caused all the sin in the world, but disobeying God, not trusting God. And so that was just, that's one thing that kind of helps um, smooth that idea over. The other thing is, um, there's this, I, this concept that we hear about at Bible school all the time, um, that if you were just walking in a field, right? And so just imagine this picture of me, uh, close your eyes, unless you're driving or doing something where you need your eyes and keep them open. Uh, but just pretend that you're walking in a field, uh, you're in a metro park, you're just you're at your uh, college campus, like a little park area, you're just walking around and you s- see a watch on the ground. You see a watch on the ground and you pick up the watch and your first thought is, wow, this is so crazy that this field just naturally produced this fully functioning watch, right? No, that's not your first thought. Your thought is, who left this watch here? Whose watch is this, right? Someone designed this and someone cared about it. And this thing just didn't come up out of nowhere. Um, if it's an old-fashioned watch, like all those little cogs, all those little pieces, they work together and they create something. Maybe it's even an Apple watch. That's a You would never look at an Apple watch in the jungle and be like, man, this is so crazy that this watch was just naturally made like this. And it just kind of formed up over millions of years of evolving and stuff like that, right? And so the idea of that is imagine that you're in the greatest desert known to man, which is the galaxy. 99% of the galaxy is nothing, right? And so you're walking around the galaxy and it's just darkness and you see nothing and you feel nothing. And then all of a sudden you see this blue little speck, this blue little planet. And you thought to yourself, man, how amazing that over billions and millions of years that that thing was created. Dude, get in here. We're making an episode. I heard. What's up? Not much. Guys, special guest, River. I'm back for however, well, where are we at? For only a few more minutes. Ah. Dude, that's crazy. What's up, up, buddy? Good to see you, man. Man, a whole treat today. You had a solo episode. Ben Coe was in here. Zach was on the phone two times. And now River's here. Man, I'm counting my head. It's really hard. <laughs> Man, it's a crazy episode. So let me finish my thought and then we'll 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 start a dialogue. Go for it. Um, but you would never like walk around the galaxy and see the earth and be like, Man, that thing just randomly came into existence. How crazy is that? No. You would look at it and we live our planet is in what is called the Goldilocks zone. Mm. And that's a place like we're we're right between the sun, we're in the right spot for the sun, where we're not freezing to death and we're not burning to death, right? We're we're just right i.e. the Goldilocks thing, right? Mm-hmm. Our atmosphere is not too thick and it's not it's not so thick that we can't breathe and it makes, um, and we have all these problems and we can't exist because the atmosphere is too thick and we can't breathe and, and the sunlight, a healthy amount of sunlight doesn't get in and it's not too thin where too much sunlight is coming in or bad sun particles are killing us and giving us cancer and all these kind of things, but it's just right where the right amount of sunlight gets in so that we can live, but it blocks all the bad stuff, right? Our oceans, for a planet to have habitable water with life at the scale that ours has is astronomically small. The chance of that happening astronomically small. Most planets that most planets don't have water. And then most planets that do have water, it's completely frozen, right? It's not even like nothing can even get in there except for like maybe some bacteria and stuff like that. So there's all these different things that the earth has that makes it a habitable planet at life at this scale. And we obviously have never seen life at this scale anywhere else. And so to say, to look at all that stuff and say, man, that is crazy that nature just made that happen is almost kind of silly, almost kind of silly. And so this idea that science and God oppose each other is kind of out the window because when you look at God and his heart and his mind and his writings in the Bible, it is meant to be that all these designed things point to the designer, right? 
All this creation, all these wonderful things, especially us as humans, point to a designer because you would never look at like a piece of art and be like, man, that's crazy that that thing just came into existence randomly. That piece of art is a reflection in some way or another of the artist. And that's what we are here to do. That's what humans are. That's what creation is. Points to a creator. And that's the whole point. And so science and God do not go against each other. In fact, quite the opposite. Science helps us prove God and God helps us prove science. Mm. Facts. I'm going to add to that point. Dude, do do your thing. And run back into some scripture really quick because uh, I was just thinking about this. Um, Romans 1, um, let's see, 20. We'll just go there. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they are without excuse, right? Um, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man in birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to the desire of their bodies and among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So Amen. what I'm I'm hoping I'm not going to do any blasphemy. Isaac will call me out if I do. Absolutely. Um. I think there's a correlation there. You can put worshiping the creature over God who made everything. You can put pretty much anything in there. So with science, a lot of people are like, oh, science and God do not go together. In fact, what happened was we became so confident in how well we knew creation that we said, forget creator. This is what really matters. We need to figure out what's going on and like figure out the little pieces and parts and everything and start questioning everything and breaking it down to the point where nothing makes sense in a lot of ways. And we start becoming obsessed with the idea of science, the creation over the creator. And we put that almost above God in a lot of ways. So that was just, and maybe that's, I don't know, that was just a random thought. Yeah. And it's something that I need to probably do some more work on and and thinking through, but it's just an immediate thought I had, but yeah. I mean, I think that verse is right on. I mean, if if science, if we were to look at like what science is and trying to discover and answer questions, like God gave us curiosity, like he implanted that in human beings. It's when we, what River's saying, what that verse is saying, when we look at science, we're like, man, this is so amazing. There can't be a God. Mm-hmm. Like, because this, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, we had a... Um, we had a teacher one time, Mike Castelli. Love that Was guy. it Mike? Yeah, Mike I think Castelli, it was Mike. He worked for NASA. Yeah, he's a NASA scientist. And so, like, if this guy, I don't know. He it is not us saying this. This is some NASA scientist. Like, he's looked at some stuff. <laughs> he's seen some stuff. And he told us in a class one time that if everyone honestly, genuinely, without bias, came into science and looked at the evidence and looked at the science and looked at nature and looked at all these things, there is no possible way that they can come away from a conclusion that doesn't involve God somehow. Mm. And then he said, but because scientists start their their hypothesis or their experiment or whatever off the conclusion that there cannot be a God, mm. there is no God. And so we have to now solve around that. They come to all these different um, vague answers and obscure, like there is like... There's a few things like uh, like even the Big Bang, like, okay, even if all those like particles started and then like exploded into existence, the biggest problem, because we see like microevolution in our day and age, like 
like plants evolve and they change and they adapt and animals and, and even humans in some way do the same. But the biggest jump to overcome is how did nothing become something? Mm. That is like, try to think about that for one second. Where, like, where did all this like happen? Like if it happened in space, how did space come to exist? What is space? I think on that Bruh. point, if you look, if you look under a microscope at life, just any life, the complexities of how everything fits together is like beyond us. And then if we look out into space, the grandness of all of it oh, yeah. is also beyond us. Yeah. And we're like, we're like, okay. And I think a rational conclusion that a lot of people might come to is, okay, maybe there is a God, but that God cannot be personal to me right. in a lot of ways. Right. So maybe there is a God and maybe he did make all of this, but that God is either so big that he doesn't really he doesn't really see me. He doesn't, right. he doesn't look at me or right. like even like the, compl- but then you look at the complexities of everything is like, or he's like so busy with all of the little stuff. Like, I don't know. It's like, there's like, I feel like we either float to one extreme and like, it's both at the same time. Like God is so personal and like in the details and like in the minor complexities of it all, but he's also so big that we can't yeah. even fathom him, yeah. which is the craziest thing. That's, I that. mean, that's like, I, we talked about this before, but there's a, uh, Uh, There's like the Kalam argument or the cause argument. And it says that whatever begins to exist has a cause, right? You exist. What was that cause? Your parents or a test tube. I don't know. But like there was a cause. You didn't just spawn into existence. The second prompt is the universe began to exist. We know that because we live in it. Therefore, the universe has a cause. Yes. Can we agree? Yeah. Since the universe is caused rather than uncaused, the cause must be personable, beginningless, changeless, immaterial, timeless, spaceless, and enormously powerful. Because if the thing that caused everything that we know to be was made out of time, that it cannot be in time because it made time. It cannot be made out of material because it made material. It cannot be um, begin. It cannot have a beginning and an end because it was outside of those things, right? And so, therefore. An uncaused, oh, and it has to be personal because if it wasn't personable, it would have just never made anything, right? Because why would it, why would it do that? So therefore, an uncaused personal creator of the universe exists who is personable, beginningless, changeless, immaterial, timeless, spaceless, and enormously powerful. Mm. That is the, what I think one of the most compelling logical arguments you can ever make up. Because you have to agree simply by the fact that we exist to all of those prompts. And then at the end, when it's this being is timeless, spaceless, perishable, all these different things, we look at that and say, yeah, that's God. That's Judeo-Christian God. That's the one that makes the most sense. But that's like, say you got a friend who's like an atheist or doesn't believe in God or anything like that. Like that's, that's how you get them from no God to God, logically, mm-hmm. right? We say all the time, no one's ever been argued in the Christianity but there are logical points and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, the, and I think the the hardest part is like once you get to the point that there's God, it's well, how could He be moral? Like, how could He be the? How could He be literal morality? And how could He become like? How could I get to the point where I want everything that He is to be the center of my life? You know, like there's no way you could convince me that I want His justice because you look through the Bible and you see a bunch of broken people not representing God well. But at the same time, God's still using them. And you're like, I don't really want to be a part of that because I don't want to be another one of those broken people. 
like trying to represent a perfect God because I'm not perfect. So I feel like people live in denial because of their like their imperfection. If I start identifying as this, I'm imperfect. Or the fact, or 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 the flip side of that, I think I'm fine. Yeah. Or they just haven't really given any thought, or they're not they're not really willing to give it any thought yeah. because it doesn't seem like anything that matters until the end. It's like if I just shoot, I give use the magic word Jesus, then I'll give it some thought and I'll get into heaven. You know, like whatever. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be interested to see more and more how we see Christians learn to like understand the morality complex, like the morality complex of it and the, uh, and how that is like truth and how we can start changing. And I think every, every Christian starts becoming a, every believer starts with not a lot of concept of like what true morality is and it's a sanctification process where day by day by day by day by day we yeah. become more and more like jesus so at the start of it all i know i'm i myself not at all godly very much so following christ but i know i was perfectly righteous because jesus said boom in that moment you decided to follow me you were convicted by the spirit right. to choose me that's great but then it's that starts that slow process of becoming like Christ and that can take years you maybe well that should take your whole life your whole life yeah yeah sanctification is just becoming more like Christ and that's like I mean once you accept Christ like that's kind of where you are in Mm -hmm. your life and if every day you're not getting more like Christ you're not becoming more like Christ you're not you're not doing it right you're you're not like are you in your Bible are you praying are you not just doing those t- things to feel good or anything like that, or to have a a more to think like you're more righteous than someone else. But are you doing those things because you understand and appreciate what Christ did for you, and your only logical, capable response to that is obedience out of love, not because you have to, but because we get to. Right. Yeah, man. Well, that's all we got. Rivers back. This is a very crazy episode, especially for me. Uh, but yeah, we hope you enjoy, um, collective retreat, sign up for that, John, and, uh, make sure you follow God without apology, without apology. We'll see you later. It's been so long. I almost forgot what it was called. Almost forgot.